0: You are now listening to The Big Data Beard.
1: Our analytics superheroes are
0: this episode was recorded at Disney's Data and Analytics Conference 2019 in Orlando, Florida. Hi, everybody. This is Corey Minton with the Big Data Beard team, and we are at Disney's Data and Analytics Conference 2019, and we're joined by Ken Sterling. Ken, welcome to the Big Data Beard. Thank you. Thank you. Ken, do me a favor. Would you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Disney?
1: Okay. Uh, So, Ken Sterling, I uh, have been with Disney now uh, going on... uh, just hit my 23-year mark. Wow. Uh, So, I've uh, been in many different roles Mm -hmm. here. I was... uh, uh, 12 years or so in the uh, 11, 12 years with the IT organization here within Disney is how I started. And then I moved over into the business side and I've been there ever since. Very cool. That's uh, that's kind of a, a popular trend where
0: IT and business have to work together. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the team that you're a part of
1: today at Disney. So I'm part of what's called the uh, DDSI, which is a Disney Decision Science and Integration team. Uh, we are a uh, an analytics organization that provides uh, consulting services, uh, for lack of a better term, across the enterprise. Okay. So not only do we work at uh, parks and resorts, but we do work for uh, the ABCs, ESPNs, studios of the world. So we, we try to provide analytic chops uh, across the board.
0: Very cool. So now this team, though, it, it, start, it didn't start out as being this kind of pan... Disney team, right? It's kind of gone through some evolutions over time. Give us a little history on kind of how this team started and how it's evolved.
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, when I joined the organization uh, uh, several years back, um, what it it was, was our analytics team was doing a lot of uh, analytics work for um, uh, the park side of the house, primarily uh, with our hotel side of the house. And uh, our leadership, senior leadership, decided that they wanted to see if we could take this analytic capability and actually share it with the broader Disney company. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the team started with three individuals. Um, I was one of the, the original founding members of this team. Yeah. Uh, we took our uh, services and we went out to the different parts of the organization to see if we could actually sell that type of capability. Uh, we had a lot of success with that. We Over the years, we grew the team to around 55 or so individuals. Wow. Um, and these are just providing different analytical services um, for the different parts of the Disney organization. Um, and so we've had a tremendous success over the years doing it. And, uh, you know, this conference itself is, is actually one of those things. We've been doing it for many years, but back when we started selling our services um, to the, the broader Disney company, that's when we started inviting our clients here as well. And so this conference has grown tremendously over the years just because of those things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of those services that you're selling back to the different organizations?
1: So we, um, in the early days, it, it was very, uh, very much ad hoc services, uh, primarily in the uh, forecasting side of the world. Um, what we were trying to do is we, we tended to focus on the, uh, the, the marketing and the sales and even finance organizations across the company is where we spent most of our time. Um, so for example, on the, uh, the sales side of the house, uh, some of the early work was around forecasting our uh, ad inventory on our websites. Um, and so, you know, we, we wanted to do a, a we want to help the company do a better job of being more accurate in the, um, in the inventory that we had to sell. You know, you don't want to over forecast or you don't want to under forecast. You know, if you over forecast and you sell more inventory than you actually have to deliver, then we've got a obviously make up for that with the clients, and we've got to do what was considered make goods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and give them some premium inventory to, to make up for what uh, we weren't able to deliver. Um, on the uh, under-forecasting side of the house, obviously we would stop selling before we needed to, and there's additional loss revenue opportunities at that point as well. Uh, so we were really trying to improve um, forecasting within the company. So those were some of the early work that we were doing.
2: Yeah, and I feel like those are high-value projects uh, that you can really build momentum and kind of help start to self-fund this team. Can you talk a little bit about how those projects have led to where the team is today?
1: Yeah, so it's um, what's interesting is when we first built this team, um, what we tried to do with the early hires was get a very diverse set of skills on the team because as a analytical consulting organization, you really didn't know what problem was going to be uh, given to us to try to tackle mm-hmm. by the business. And so, you know, we had uh, people with uh, technology backgrounds, um, project management skills, uh, statistics backgrounds, MBAs. I mean, y- you name it. We, we try to get a very diverse team put together um, because as we went out there to uh, to um, sell those services, you know, we just, like I said, we really didn't know what people may ask us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that, uh, we came across, uh, obviously as, profet- as, as professional, as possible. Yeah, right? absolutely.
0: It's interesting that when I think about Disney, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the parks, that's an easy kind of connection point. Disney is so much more than that, right? It's it, they've, they've, they've got so many, uh, properties, companies, investments, how big of a, of a challenge is data integration at an organization at this scale?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, um, you know, data is, is key to a lot of things and, and the amount of data that, that Disney accumulates is, is tremendous. Um, you know, there, there's data that we're, we're capturing that, uh, probably just sits dormant that nobody uses. They we just think maybe someday we'll, we'll need it. Yeah, you know, the dark data. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and, and of course every area is a little bit different in terms of the, the types of data that they, uh accumulate. Uh, so not only do we have our own internal data, but we work with third parties to bring in, uh, outside data as well to, you know, and we've looked at different things over times. We looked at, um, uh, geospatial data at times we've looked at, you know, so it just, you, you name it, we, we, we tend to, uh, look at anything we possibly can to, to, to help us, you know, solve
0: business problems. Yeah. Interesting. Cause now we're solving business problems, but we have to have some technology under the covers to power that. And as you, you said, you've been doing this for, for a while and you you have left it and you're part of the business now. I'm curious what the, what's been the evolution of kind of tools and technology that you and your team have used Um, you know, over the last call it, you know, five to 10 years, what's that evolution been like as we've all seen just this rapid kind of pace of change in the, in the big data tool space?
1: No, you're you're right. I mean, in terms of uh, just uh, uh, data is changing constantly. You know, it's really hard to to keep up with it. You know, I think whatever decision you make, you may be outdated soon. As it takes by the time you implement it, it's probably outdated. Uh, But obviously, you got to make some decisions, right? You you just can't keep uh, hoping and and, you know praying for the next thing uh, because you got to get some work done. You know, Um, and so for us, I would say, you know, in the early days of the work that we did. Um, we were primarily doing most of our work using the, uh, SAS, um, product line. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it really, it it really was very beneficial to what we were doing and and we were hiring people with those skills and, and it really, it solved everything that we needed to, you know, at the time. But, but as, as, uh, you know, different business problems, um, arose and so on, one of the things was, um. We also started realizing that um, because we were using SaaS for everything, which included data acquisition, data integration, uh, not only the modeling, but we were using it to build um, applications that had front ends to it using their web tier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- they provide a lot of capabilities, but it probably wasn't the most optimal um, tool choice for every every occurrence. And so, uh, eventually we started, um, getting away from using SAS as, uh, something to, to process data and try to do some of that outside of, of, it. And so we eventually evolved and, and, uh, and it was funny too, because a lot of the data we'd acquire would, would go into SAS data sets. So it's really, um. Just think of it kind of as a flat file that, that's sitting in a directory somewhere. Uh, but it was time to start uh, getting things that are more in a relational database side of the house. And so we started looking at, at um, really at the time because of the volume of data we were dealing with. We did look at uh, like the uh, net teasers of the world, the uh, green plums, um, things like that. And I think HP had a product at one point. I can't remember Vertica. what it was. Vertica, the Vertica. that was their MPP database. Yeah, yep. so we uh, no, actually there was one I think before that that was uh, anyway I just yeah, can't remember. No, I, but but yeah. we looked at that as well, and, and we had a little bit of uh, experience with that. Uh, but ultimately, we were doing a lot of things with these uh, appliances uh, for the data, and um, and then as technology just kept evolving, and, and so did we. You know, we eventually went from that and started using uh, try to use uh, Hadoop, you know, and uh, then started using Spark. And uh, now we're using other tools, um, you know, within the marketplace. Uh, we, we've done a little bit of work with uh, Snowflake, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing some work with Databricks. Uh, and that, that's the one thing is that Disney is an organization, we have so many different tools that we leverage across the organization. There, I wouldn't say there's anything that's considered standard, per se, just because of the sheer size of our organization. We have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It's just really
2: the, a, a case of, uh, you know, what's the right tool, uh, for the job at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there, obviously there's a lot of open source tools out there, but there's also a lot of enterprise proprietary tools out there. What are your thoughts on leveraging open source versus enterprise and how's Disney, what's Disney strategy behind that? I think,
1: uh, Disney over the years, I mean, when I was in, in, uh, uh, the it organization, we really were not proponents of open source, you know, and I, and I'm saying this, you know, like 12 years, 15 years back, we really were not, we really wanted to, um, uh, really go with commercial products uh, Mm -hmm. that you paid for. And and it was for various reasons. I mean, just the, the stability that was there, the support that comes with it. Uh, if we had problems, you know, we, we had somebody we could go to, to get it resolved as opposed to the open source Mm -hmm. world. Um, but times have changed, you know, and we are using a lot more open source. I think the uh, communities out there uh, w- that are out there to even support these tools is much greater than it was way back when. And so we are very comfortable using uh, open source tools. I mean, we we do have a, a program. I don't have all. I don't know all the details, but I know that uh, anytime we want to use open source, we do have a very uh, rigid process that we go through in our organization: the technology side, the legal side, and so on, in order to vet. These tools before they're sure it's are work before you put it in production. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it just just making sure that uh, you know that, that you know Disney. Um, uh, you know, we, we we obviously it's a big brand, and we want to protect ourselves. And so, anything that we do, we make sure that uh, we we've covered our bases yeah. uh, as best possible. So everything is vetted uh, in the open source world before we're allowed to use it. Yeah, yeah. smart.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that you you kind of had this this trend towards you know maybe some of these on premises. Uh, tools like SaaS and others, but that you, that you had this move towards cloud. What was the, what was the motivation behind things like, you know, you mentioned some things like uh, snowflake and the other cloud providers, what was the motivation to go consume those kinds of services in the cloud?
1: Well, you know, the, the one thing for uh, the area and the area in which I uh, support, um, you know, we do work, as I mentioned earlier, not only for parks and resorts, but, but for the non-parks side of the house as well. And so, Uh, dependent upon the organization that we are providing services to um, you know they may or may not have infrastructure for us to use and sometimes we have to go it alone and so when we do that at the time we were uh, either using some of our own on-premise infrastructure if we could Um, But for the most part, we ended up deciding that it was probably time to go ahead and and migrate to a cloud environment. Mm -hmm. Um, We had assessed at the time and keep in mind that, you know, we're on the business side now. Some of us do come from a technology background, but we are a business team, Mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, we didn't necessarily have all of those um, skills in that particular space. And so what we were doing when we were assessing the uh, cloud vendors is, we were trying to look for the, the ones that, um, you know, uh, were a little bit more established and, um, you know, at the time. And so we ended up choosing, uh, going down the AWS route mm-hmm. at the time. And, um, we ended up, um, working with a third party to actually manage that environment for us. Uh, obviously we, you know, we paid for their services as well as the, uh, infrastructure costs and and consumption costs on AWS, Um, but we use them to to help us sort of manage that environment. Um, A few years into it though, we ended up uh, growing the team, getting those skills on the team, and we actually manage our own infrastructure environment at this point. Um, where applicable on, on our projects. We don't do that across the board, yeah. uh, but we do it. We do do it in places.
0: Yeah. The flexibility that it provides is, is kind of interesting. It is now, what other kind of emerging tools are you looking at these days? Cause there's, you know, as a business person, your, your, your team is leveraging a lot of technology. I'm curious where you think, you know, what are the emerging tools that are interesting to you uh, that are going to power your team's ability to serve your customers?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, um, you know, we started doing a little bit more work with the uh, snowflakes and Databricks of the world. Mm -hmm. And I I do think just the capacity that that tools like that can can provide. And, um, you know, because I think what's happened is that especially in the open source world where a lot of people, there's a lot of... um, configuration that you have to do in order to tune these things right sometimes there's a benefit to actually using somebody that that has already that can provide those services so that you don't have to do it all the time so you know i guess you know for me being in the technology world for so long i I tend to be a little bit more of a uh, the old school command line driven person so maybe i do like uh being able to tune those things but the reality is is um you know some of these products are, are really uh, so good now that uh, you just you don't have to do that you know a lot of it works straight out of the box and then yeah. you can tune it a little bit but you just don't have to fight with all the things that that uh, I used to have to fight with yeah you know that's the, the beauty years. Of, of good technology is that it should be simple right it, and, should, and intuitive. Be. it should be but but I will tell you I, I do um, I do still still like a little bit of the hardcore in me i mean i just you know i, I like I'm, the challenge I, every now well, and then well i do i i'm not a big fan of, of just where everything is just so easy it's just a, a little one click here and it's just all done for you and and uh i, I do like the i like to know what's underneath the covers
2: yeah, yeah share that with the stakeholders one <laughs> click and you're done no i, <laughs> I, right. I, I get it exactly but yeah. with your with the teams that you support that are looking for results quickly being able to stand up an environment and show that the roi in days versus months or quarters is highly important to you right Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, you know, being able to to turn things
1: around quickly, um, especially, you know, the the thing about it, too, is that because us being an analytics organization, uh, we do a lot of Mm R&D. You know, we're researching uh, different methods out there, different uh, data sets, uh, you name it. And so um, we're really big, like I say, on the exploratory side of the house. And it's important for us to sort of turn that around to see if we can actually make something out of it uh, for our business
2: yeah. Users and you mentioned before a lot of the times organizations will come to you with a a case that you would, that they would like your help with. Mm-hmm. Are you doing any proactive work where you're kind of going to the the stakeholders saying, "Hey, we solve this," or we're looking at doing this? You know, partner with us. Is there any proactiveness to that?
1: Yeah, so it's, so as I mentioned, just because of the capacity, we haven't always been as proactive. But one of the things that we are very good at is when we solve problems for one client, let's say ABC, for example, Um, you know, we do try to take that knowledge and we do share it with our other um, uh, areas, whether it's uh, ESPN, studios folks like that. So we do try to leverage whatever learnings we get from any, uh, mm-hmm. work that we're doing across the company. Yeah. Um, because that's one thing we also found in the early days that, um, you know, some of the communication, uh, you know, was, was maybe not where it should be. And so we actually were able to come provide that where there was a lot more communication now between the Disney entities. Uh, so that's really been a, a positive for the company as a whole.
0: Yeah. And that's the idea behind this conference, right? As an opportunity originally was for folks within Disney to learn from each other, and kind of collaborate and talk and right. network and have right. that transfer of knowledge, which is really cool. I, one thing I find interesting is you sit in this this intersection point between the, the business and the stakeholders that are trying to drive an outcome and technology. You have to help with the data integration and consult both parties. In your years of experience sitting in that sort of intersection between business and the IT and technology team, do you have any just best practices or recommendations on how people can do that well, because we hear that as one of the just consummate challenges to getting the outcome is Mm -hmm. the business and it teams working together. Well,
1: yeah, it's, um, you know, it's it, it's very funny because when I sat on the technology side of the house, you know, you, you always get the typical oh those business people, you know, and you just you get the frustration with it, and and I won't get into the details obviously of that, but but you, you, you see it from that perspective, mm-hmm. right? You're you're just like man, I don't understand why they don't understand us and in those things, yeah. right? Then moving on to the business side of the house it's the same thing. Oh, those technology people, they, they slow us down. They, you know, we can't get to what we want quickly and so on. And so it's a very interesting perspective, um, uh, because I understand it now from both sides and, and, and there is a level of truth of the frustrations from both sides. But I think a lot of it has to do with, um, uh, sort of what motivates us. And, and we're just motivated by different things. Obviously, everybody wants to do good for the company and, and all those types of things, right? But at the end of the day, when, when uh, you know, boots are on the ground, and, and you got to get work done, uh, I think the things that actually um, motivate both sides, are they're just different, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not sure that the either side understands and, and, and always appreciates that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's an area where we just need to continue to get, um, get better at, you know, and, and for example, I know on the technology side of the house, when I was there, one of the roles I played was I actually managed the architecture, uh, department for three and a half years. And so, you know, we were really focused on, um, you know, standards, uh, uh, for like design patterns and, and, um, you know, at the time it was, everything was uh SOA, you know, service oriented architecture and, you know, web services. And that, that was the big thing, you know, year, years ago and everything for us was we wanted to build things once. And only once, you know, and, and, uh, and make it beneficial to the company as a whole and, uh, make sure that it's robust, it's stable. It's, you know, all those things, it's all the illities, you know, stability and, and repeatability and, and things like that. And so it's, um, you know, those are the things that, that, that I was motivated by in, in the technology side of the house. You know, you come over to the business side and while we want that to be there, we're not always patient (laughs) <laughs> with, um, waiting for that to materialize. Right. And because we, we want to get things done, we want to move and, and we, we tend to have our very specific business need and we're not as worried about, oh, there's four or five other people in the business that may have the same need. So let, let's all wait till technology builds at one time for everybody's use. And, you know, it's like, no, we, we just don't have that patience, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's where some of the struggles come in is, is we want to move quick we're okay with um, you know as long as we're we're making money we're we're driving revenue for the company it's it's okay if we have to do things uh, a second time to improve upon it whatever whereas uh, in my early technology days you know we we wanted to just do it one time mm-hmm. we didn't want to do it a second time and uh, and that just those two philosophies just don't always align very well and and I think that's where the struggles come in and and I, I don't know the best way to overcome it other than to just try to educate people on. Understanding each other's motivation and, and how can we meet middle ground, you know, because how can we just go like, OK, if I can't get to the end state, where can I get? And I think those are one of the things that we spend too much time being very absolute. It's either this or it's that. And it's like, well, isn't there something in yeah, between? A little bit of both, maybe. <laughs> a little bit of both, right? Each, each person's got to give a little bit here, but it continues to make progress. Um, and, and I think those are the things that um, would be beneficial if we could do a little bit more of that. Yeah.
0: Collaboration, I think is great. As I said, the the whole genesis of this conference is about that exact idea. So collaboration, communication, always key. Well, it's been awesome to talk with you, Ken, about kind of how your team has grown a, an analytics as a service consulting practice inside of Disney, going across the company, delivering very cool value. Thanks for sharing that with us. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. So, what is the, uh, what's the latest book you've read that was really great that you'd recommend to our listeners?
1: Well, here's the thing I really don't read books. Yeah. You know? And I'll tell you, the reason for that is I have a very short attention span join the club, you know? And, uh, so most of the reading that I do is usually research type reading. If there, if there's a topic or something that I'm competing in, whatever, then I will read as much as I can to, mm-hmm. to try to get a, a competitive advantage in, in my mind. But, but in terms of just uh, novels and, and things like that, I, I really don't because I'll i get bored really quick and, and I just won't make it through. I actually leave that to my wife. She's constantly reading and stuff. So uh, So she's got us covered from
2: a household perspective. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So if you had to have a song to play when you walked on stage, what would it be?
1: Wow. I like so many... Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I, I, there's so many different types of music that I really enjoy. Um, you know, um, rock and roll, pop, country. Uh, I'm a Texas boy, so I definitely like some oh, country, but uh, uh, I actually grew up in El Paso, but I uh, went to school in uh, Fort Worth and I lived there uh, half my life, got married in Fort Worth. I had my kids in Fort Worth. And so uh, that's what I consider home at this I'm a point. Da- I'm a Dallas boy. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, yeah. So I actually lived in uh Uh, Hearst. Okay. uh, I know exactly where it is. is. Yeah.
0: What is, uh, or is there a piece of
1: technology that is currently making your life worse? I I do get frustrated at times with uh, smartphones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what I mean by that is not that it, in terms of what it provides, but it just causes constant distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, people are constantly on it, whether it's in their uh, car or even in meetings, you know, people are not paying attention. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I would say that, that things makes it difficult, you know, as in it's great to have it, but, use it when appropriate and, and set it down. Absolutely. If you're in a meeting, close your laptops, uh, put your phones away, Mm -hmm. pay attention, you (laughs) know? And uh, so unless you're the meeting note taker, in my opinion, I don't think there's really reason for you to be on there. Yeah. If you're, it just means you're doing other things and you're not completely paying attention. And so, um, but we all, we, it's that way constantly. So you just have to live with it. But I would say, yeah, probably smartphones from that perspective, man. I, I think etiquette with them is clearly important.
0: I think the, the, I think one of the most dangerous epidemics in the on, in the U.S. right now is the cell phones and driving. Mm. I mean, it is just—it's a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. I lose my lose my mind when I see people. My wife laughs at me because I honk at them. She's like, "You're going to make it worse. Oh, <laughs> they're going to yeah, drop their phone because yeah. they're being honked
1: at." How do you really feel? Yeah, you know, it makes me crazy. <laughs> All right. So, what is your biggest personal money pit? Probably the my house at this point, and the, and the only reason I say it is because it, the house is about thirty years old. Mm-hmm. It's time for everything to to get redone. Uh-huh. Right. So well. I've, I've done the majority of everything, the, uh, the roof, the AC unit, all the flooring, uh, remodeled, um, two out of three bathrooms, the kitchen, and it's just all of that. You know, yeah. what Ooh. What I have left to do, I've got three main things left to do. I've got the master bath, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people would say, well, why didn't you do that first? Um, <laughs> your and, wife and would say that. Well, that, I mean, it, what's interesting is, is the when we did the, um, the two guest bathrooms, there was so much that we learned from it that I'm glad we did that first that's before we did the master yeah. bath because you just don't know um, everything until yeah. you kind of experience it once and you realize, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this so again. So many new things have yeah. come out that now you have the Exactly. So, so we've got that. Um, I need to get my pool refinished, and um, and then I, I need to get a new front door. Other yeah. uh, than that, I think everything else is is pretty much been replaced at this point. So I would say that's probably my current money pit and I want to get, obviously I want to get all those things done, uh, before retirement, which mm-hmm. hopefully is, yeah, it's in a few years, but I mean, it's not that far away for yeah. <laughs> me. You know, I can actually see the, 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 uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, lucky, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish I could actually accelerate things, but, um, yeah, yeah. The house is the money pit. I've got an 80 year old house oh, and I've wow. actually got roofers at the house
0: today replacing parts of the roof. Got so I it. agree with yeah. you. It's a terrible one. Yeah. So is there, um, in your spare time, are there any shows that you like to binge on or that you'd recommend to us?
1: You know, I'm a big fan of comedies. Yeah. Um, I really like the, the little 30 minute, uh, short and sweet kind of get in, get out. Is it comedy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, Big Bang mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Theory. So good. Um, you know, in the early days, I was a big fan of um, uh, Seinfeld, uh, Cheers, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm d- dating myself here, right? But those were the ones that they're, but nowadays it is a lot, a lot more of the, uh, uh, the, the little comedies. Yeah. Um, have you watched? Who, whose line is it? it? Whose line is it anyway? Yes. yes. Oh, that is just that's phenomenal. I just, these guys are so talented that uh, things like that. I'll just sit and I'll just just binge and, and watch those things. That's awesome. Yeah. So speaking of Seinfeld, have you gotten into comedians and in cars getting coffee
0: yet? Have you seen Seinfeld's new show?
1: Oh, I have not. Oh, you no. got to check it out. It's on no, Netflix. Okay.
0: Okay. It's, so it's Jerry, but he basically goes and he it's he's a car guy, but he's a comedian, and he goes and interviews other comedians. Okay. In kind of a just literally while they're sitting eating coffee, it's
2: but it's oh, hilarious. Okay, okay. Some of the best comedians yeah, in the world. Yeah. All right, and then lastly, where's the next interesting place that you're going, either for work or for for fun?
1: Well, we just got back from Alaska. Ooh. We did the land. Nice. Uh, we've done two cruises um, over the past uh, few years, but we never did the land portion. Okay. So that was the last thing we did. So for us, we we're a big. Um, I like the, uh, the outdoors. Uh, so like the Yosemite's Yellowstones of the world. I really enjoy doing those things. I I don't enjoy camping. (laughs) I do need a, a place to uh, shower and and have air conditioning in in, in there. Uh, but, but I don't know that you right now, you know, maybe even just like the grand Canyon may be the next thing we go to. It's just, it's something that, uh, having grown up in, uh, in El Paso and, and, and I got a brother that's in Phoenix, and uh, you know, but it's just it's something we've never done. We, we yeah. do everything else except for something like that. But um, that, that's it for me. Anything that's just uh, nature, in particular, is I where I, I spend my time.
0: Totally agree with that. That's awesome. Well, Ken, it's been super fun to have you on the Big Data Beard Podcast, and well, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Your yeah. team hosting uh, the Big Data Beard at the oh, absolutely. Disney yeah. Data yeah. Analytics Yeah, this Conference. is
1: great. I mean, this is uh, what were we saying? Year? It was like year seventeen or 18, 17, like 18 something like yeah, that. It's yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, yeah, we've yep. been doing a long time.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's a phenomenal conference. And thanks again.
2: Thank you. All right. Thanks sure. for your time. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast. The music
1: from this episode is by Andrew Bell. Check him out on iTunes or Spotify. And be sure to smash that thumbs up button so we can keep the
0: episodes coming. Until next time, keep being awesome.